Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's. You can DM us there or there is a phone number there. You can text us if you have questions for the guests on the podcast or uh, you would like to be a guest on the podcast and you're an entrepreneur, you can text that phone number or DM us on Instagram as well. So with that being said, I have a guest with us. I'm glad we finally got together. Uh, Katiana Valari from White Maze in Brooklyn, New York. How are you doing today? Everything good, Justin. Thank you for the call. Oh, you're very welcome. So Katiana, tell us your story. Like, how did you get into the food space like what's your history uh, your family background and how did you become a chef and ultimately a restaurateur uh, <laughs> that's sure like long no 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 I'm just kidding um, the, long, actually, the long is just fine We thought, however <laughs> you feel comfortable well I'm just from Venezuela yes I born and raised over there I just moved to New York like seven years ago um, and I'm not a chef, but I'm the owner of the restaurant. I know how to run and management, like all the stuff about restaurant. And actually, it's my first restaurant. But before, uh, back in Venezuela, I used to have business over there. So another type of business. Um, why did you come here from Venezuela? Why the transition? Why the desire to come to the United States? When and you, I mean, you've done business in Venezuela. You're obviously a, a smart person and, and entrepreneurial. So why come here and start a business or come to the United States, for lack of a better term? <coughs> I'm sorry. I just um, I just came to study because I actually. I started to in Venezuela. I used to engineer um, for basic programmation, so you have to learn English. So the English is not that good over there. So I just decided to come here, to move here, just share with people, um, just have have the the whole experience. You know, it's not the same when you do like an online course or like uh, like a book uh, to learn a new language. So if you move into a place that everyone is gonna speak in the same language, so probably you're 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 gonna learn faster. Yeah, I agree with you. Once if you immerse yourself in that language or in that culture, you tend to pick up things much quicker. Um, yeah. And by but association, go ahead. The thing it was that I fell in love with the city, uh, and then I just realized that New York City is like a multicultural uh, city. You know, I was expecting everyone speaking English, and then my surprise was you have too many cultures in the same place, and that's why probably I fell in love here. Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, in New York City, there's so many different cultures, and English, I guess, isn't often the only language spoken, um, for sure. So why... Um, why in Brooklyn? What made you start a restaurant there? Like, how did you get the idea? How did you go from immersing immersing yourself in English and American culture um, in New York City to like, oh, I want to start a business? And how did you come up with the name and all that stuff? Okay, so um, when, 
that white mace, it was before me. <laughs> so uh, it has another owner I used to cover, you know. Um, it was like almost five years ago when I got white mace. I was uh, having dinner with a friend and another friend uh, at, at the, his restaurant. He invited us and we went to the restaurant Then we started to chat. And then he said, Kathy, what are you doing? And I said, I'm driving. I'm, I'm doing Uber. Uber. And it was like, yes, why not? And I'm making money. And then also I want to open like a business here. But I don't know, I mean, what kind of business or what or where I'm going to put the money of my family in, in the business. And then he say, well, I know a restaurant and they are selling. And I was like, oh, okay, no, restaurant is not going to be for me. Uh, you work too much. You have to put a lot of your time. Uh, it's it's uh, an extra effort. And he say, no, they close on Monday. You have just to go over there, take a look, and then let me know. Because I know the people who is selling the restaurant. And he was like, okay, let me just take a look. Because actually, I used to live in the Bronx. And the restaurant is in Brooklyn. So I went to the restaurant. He, he believed me. I just, I looked at the restaurant and I say, it was love of the first time. I love this. And so what happened when you walked in? Why would you describe it that way? And you didn't want to be in restaurants before. And you were happy, you know, lack of a better term, Uber driving or um w- why the transition what what made you feel differently well the neighborhood it was uh delighted um great people over there and the story was open uh, the windows were open at that time um it was almost summer it was in may so when i saw everything i i say yes so the the light of the restaurant it was beautiful over there so i just say okay this is going to be my place this is going this is going to be my home because it was the second reason for why i stay here that's very (laughs) cool and so tell me about the food like what what did i mean you had to have liked the food i would hope and like not and the environment so let's talk about the food what's the food like why this do you do you relate to the food from being from venezuela um is it that type of food i mean let's talk about it um from your perspective like well, you fall in love with this but did you like i mean this, this did you like the food did you change the food i mean how does that, how does all this happen i taste the food at the first time when i went um but they they were chinese so they were venezuelan but they were from the back of the background of them were chinese so when I went there and I see like I saw like Chinese people, I was like confused. Like this is a Venezuelan restaurant, this is a Chinese restaurant. You know when you have um like a identity is, is the word. Yeah, exactly. I, yes. So you're not going to an Italian place and you're going to see a Chinese and then you're gonna say, Ah, oh, you're Italian though. I mean it's it's just for identity, like you know, I agree. So when that I say, listen, something is wrong here in this place. Probably is this, <clears throat> but I taste the food. It wasn't bad. They were doing their best, being honest. Um, when I when they sell the restaurant is because they start like three partners, and then everyone take different uh, roads. Um, and the sad, they decide to just finish with Adam because I'm also from Venezuela. 
I knew it's gonna. I mean, I knew it's gonna be a good uh, start for me, because even when I don't cook, so my mom used to cook for me. And you know, when you're from somewhere, you know traditions. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what makes your food good, and the right combination of ingredients that have been passed down through for lack of a better term, tribal knowledge or an ancestry knowledge or your past knowledge uh, from family member to family member for generations. And I think that that's what you're talking about. Um, so describe yeah. the food to me. Describe what makes Venezuelan food unique. Oh, my God. Too many stuff. <laughs> but too many But um, let me give you an example. We sell arepas. I don't know if have you tried one. I have not. Okay, an arepa is a cornmeal patty, okay? Um, and we can fill it up with everything that you can imagine, like plantains, beans, chicken, uh, beef, uh, cheese, ham. I mean, it's up to you, okay? Uh, but for us... I don't know. We can eat arepas in the morning for breakfast. You do like eggs, uh, ham, cheese, that's it. Then you can do like a break, uh, like a lunch. It would be like a beef with uh, arepa, some cheese, no, and then also for dinner. So it's really traditional. I know most of the people they say that arepa is from Colombia, but they 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 don't know. They don't know what I know that yeah. is from. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, we just did a podcast, the previous one, where the French fry is actually from Belgium. It's actually Belgian fries or the origination of French fries. But um, so I totally get this and I like this topic. What else makes it unique? So that's just one thing. What, Like, how do you take Venezuela and your culture and your food and how do you make it so people in Brooklyn or humans in Brooklyn can feel your food and taste your food, the authentic Venezuelan style like what is it that you're doing there what are some of the dishes that you're you're selling in your restaurant to give um, or offering in your restaurant to give New Yorkers that authentic feel like they're in Venezuela well the thing is um, let's see in Brooklyn they love Latin food first of all okay secondly you know in these times too many allergies and then we also are gluten-free. And then plus that, we're like, a, I'm not going to say we are like a fast food because we don't, we're really healthy. So you're going to eat like a really something delicious, like a something healthy, delicious stuff over there. So I think that's, that's our... Because you can you can eat like something nutritious and then you're not gonna feel that you're full or you're stuck, you know. And I agree with you. I think like whole ingredients and nutritious food is just it's different. And I like how you describe it. It's it's fast food, but it's not because you don't want the unhealthy connotation that's attached with uh, fast food. It's exactly. it's quick service um, almost. But again, it's. I agree with you, and when I've looked you guys up and looked at the menu, I do feel that there is, it's, you guys are using whole ingredients, and you're and you're being healthy. And I like the name of the business because their their corn is or, or maize 
is such an important part and staple of the culture, I feel like in what you just described in the food as well. So how important, like let's go back to when you were growing up in Venezuela, how important was food to you growing up in your family? Growing up in my family? Yeah. Was so, food important? Well, the food? Yeah. Well, it wasn't like a like a most of the people that they have like a chef there from another chef the the chef, but I mean it's just food is always important for uh, in Venezuela just for take the time to eat together. That's what I remember. You know, my mom used to work, used to study, and then at night always uh, had dinner together. Absolutely. What's your favorite part about now that you've bought the restaurant and you are a restaurateur and you're an entrepreneur? What is your favorite part about owning the restaurant or, or being an entrepreneur? What's the things you enjoy the most? The challenge, <laughs> because every day is something different. And believe me, in this business, you have to always create something different every day or think in the way that your customers want to be treated or what they want to eat, or, I mean, it's always a challenge with the restaurant. That's what I like. That's my best part. Well, what about, what do you like, what do you dislike the most? Oh my God, the time that I have to waste, it's not wasting time, but all, I've put a lot of time at any, any kind of business that you, you're going to do. Yeah, I agree. And, um, What's the favorite dish that you guys serve at your restaurant? If you were to eat at your restaurant, what would, what's your favorite dish? My favorite dish would be the pelu arepa. That is, is, is actually the simple arepas that I have, but it's super flavored. It's like tasty. It's uh, only uh, gouda cheese with uh, pulled beef. That uh, sounds delicious. Um, so how do you lead? Um, you went into a business. You were trying to restructure, right? Because we talked about that um, that the heritage wasn't Venezuelan. It was a different culture. And so when you came into the business, how did you transition the employees, the business, the consumers, I guess, to be more authentic to Venezuelan food? Like that's changing an atmosphere that means that you were all of a sudden involved in the business was that hard for the employees that worked there was it hard for you like how did you go about doing that well the transition was uh hard at the first time but when uh, only the owners so the people who cooks they were from another places so i brought my family to cook for the restaurant, so that that would be just as I say always, Venezuela is just a by away. So we have an authentic flavor. <coughs> Very cool. So how about COVID? How did you manage that? How did you get through it? Because in New York City, you were open and you had just basically bought this restaurant. How did you get through that time period? Well, it, it wasn't bad being honest. I know people like to here that COVID was horrible, but for me, it was totally different. It was it was very, 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 very good to me. Um, actually, we got uh, most of the sales by Croco or DoorDash 
or all kind of app uh, online apps um that it wasn't bad i mean no people at the restaurant but but actually people they call me and they still order the people that used to go to the restaurant so they call me i got a family uh that's gonna be really quick um that call me and say hey Kathy, you know what we're, we're going to move to um maryland and i say wow and that family used to go to the restaurant probably two times a week, every Friday and Sunday, okay? And they call me and they say, okay, we're moving, but we just want to let you know that we're going to buy food for our friends uh, just because you deserve it. So you're not going to have like less customers or something like uh, that. That's right? awesome. Yes, they, they bought food for their friends probably two months or three months every time that they actually supposed to be at the restaurant. And it's crazy because I got, I have to imagine a lot of people left New York, but I do understand that that DoorDash, the Grubhub, the Postmates, the Uber Eats really took off during COVID um, in yeah. particular. And so um, is it easy? Um, that's not the right word that I wanted to use. It's not, the word's not easy. Um, what do you find comes like as a human like what do you feel that your best qualities are as an entrepreneur and a leader like what do you feel that you do the best for your business so i i think um passion it would be the first one because whatever you do with love is gonna work um then communication with everyone uh even with the customers you have to communicate really well and then it should be uh, the key for everything con uh, constancy consistent yeah I agree with you I know exactly the consistency and I 100% agree with everything you said it's just so spot on do you imagine growing your business? I mean, what's next? Is it? Do you think there's more to White Maze? How do? You, or what are your ambitions and what are your dreams uh, for this business? Well, my ambition is conquer the world. <laughs> Good, you're in the right place. I'm exactly the same yes. way. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to conquer the world along the way. <laughs> yes. Well, actually. Um, we, m me and my fiance, we are going to open Wine Maze to Go in Chelsea, Manhattan next week, probably. Um, and that it will be for a time, like a period of time. We're just going to wait for the liquor license. And when we got that, we're going to have like a high-end restaurant, like a new Latin American tapas concept that it would be, that I know it would be amazing. So cool. So tell me about this. How did you guys, when, when did you guys decide to do this? Um, why Chelsea? And obviously you're changing the menu. So how did you go about designing this new menu? I well, asked a lot of questions there. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll no problem. No problem. For, for the moment, I, I just, I just want to say that right now, I just want to see any New Yorker eating an arepa. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say for a white maze and then for the new concept. Uh, I have two really good friends, mine, that 
those people are most than my friends. They are also like chefs, and they work in the Michelin star uh, restaurants, and then also are from Venezuela. And my fiance is also from Venezuela, so I think we we're gonna have like a really good thing for this new concept. I like this a lot, and I agree with you. The um, the upscale Latin American market for restaurants is coming. I mean, the food exists. It's just it as all food, Italian food, Mexican food. It starts to creep its way up as it gets better and it gets more authentic, and then people get trained more in culinary arts within those. Um, within those ethnic foods um, or they go get it from someone else and then apply it to the, uh, their home ethnic food or another ethnic food for lack of a better term. And that's really cool because that's exactly what you're doing. And it's interesting because I do feel that New York City is still growing. There's still yeah. so much room for so much more food yeah. and so much more culture and so much more tourism and uh, related to just food i know everyone goes there to see like the wash uh the statue of liberty i must have washington monument wrong city but it's um and the uh, empire state building and so on and so forth and the trade tower or um, uh and so on and so forth but really new york city is about the food and it's really about the food in the boroughs like queens and brooklyn and bronx also not just manhattan and and not just in the touristy areas, not just like in Harlem's got great places and you start going up there and Lower East Side and Chelsea and Soho, like the earth, there's all these concepts popping up. So I like what you're doing. Um, Thank you very much. Yes. You're very welcome. So, oh gosh, this well, is so cool. Let, let, let me tell you something. I will invite you for sure for yeah. the menu. So you got to come here say hi give me a hug and then eat a lot <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. well i'm trying to plan another trip up to new york city for sure to maybe even record some episodes again live on site because i'd love to do that again and i will come visit for sure i'm hoping to do that soon and i like new york anyway like i don't know what it is i like the hustle like i like shark I infested know. waters i, I like mean it. you know i don't know if the lights or what's going on in this city but it's, it's magical it's something special <laughs> yeah it's a very special and i like competition like i'm a competitive person and it doesn't get much more competitive in new york not with one another ironically but just by the nature of the environment and um i enjoy that um honestly and the survival that has to take place there the feeling of survival me too that's what i'm telling you that it is a challenge every day yeah, I love it. What? Tell me about how. So your 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 restaurant tour. How did you decide that you were gonna? You're taking on new business partners, I assume, with a new restaurant, right? So, has that been hard for you to make that decision? Like, okay, I've been I've been able to do this and and work on this restaurant and and be the owner. Is it hard now to take on partners and in that way because? For me, sometimes it's hard to have a partner when I'm used to being solo in a business. Just asking. Well, listen, it's difficult to have a partner even in a relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But if you can handle a relationship, you can handle everything. That's true. You will conquer the world. <laughs> but um, the new location, actually, it was the first Venezuelan restaurant I came Um 
in New York City. I was there in Chelsea for almost like 19 years. <coughs> it's exactly the same place we're getting um, when the, the, what is the realtor called me and proposed this place. I was like, oh my God, again, this is, is the same history than almost five years ago. Someone is proposing me this, I will take it. I will take the opportunity. And the partner is because um, is in this in this time right now, you know how is the business, the economy, you never know what's going on here. So we are on tra in transition. Trans um, uh, transition. Yeah, transition right now. So most because that is because it's my fiance. We are um, planning the life together. And I think when you have a partner and you make part of that, the whole life that you have, it's going to work. Even when people, they say that it's a bad idea when you have a partner and you mix like business and love. But if you know that love is love and business are business, you're going to be okay. I agree with you 100% and, and same in my own experience. And I, and I have found that if, when a couple knows how to run business together and they do business together, and then I'll, if they don't have a business together, suddenly it weirdly adds a weird dynamic to a relationship. <laughs> and I've just in just in all reality. So like I, I say this because once that partnership is so dynamic and so diverse in business and in love and in family and in, you know, in so many different ways, friendship that um that at least with someone who i know you know because yeah. some people like to do business with another people then they don't know each other and then they kind of end really really bad yeah that's exact that's a great way to put it and i also find that if the two of you are aligned in the rest of life and you align your business to the same vision and values that you have um in life and and anchor your businesses to it like it's a lot easier to function through life when you're family and you're the couple and each other are all sort of anchored to the same long-term vision even though you it's always changing but you're anchored to it together for lack of a better term or the word is not anchored because that sounds bad believe in it and you and you guys champion it together and want it to win you know i think that that's a, probably a better use of, of what i'm trying to say i can't no, say the yeah. words properly okay. And then also she is in the same business. She also has a restaurant. She knows how to run a restaurant too. So we are, you know, when you have a balance, so she's good in one thing and I'm good in another thing. So that's, that's the balance, the perfect balance to like complement, you know? Yeah, I love this. And, um, and, and one of the things is, is it's always good to be, have things in common, but it's also good to have things different or as Rocky Balboa would say, in the Rocky movies, uh, you got gaps and I got gaps. Together we fill gaps, you know? And so <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you know, the words of wisdom coming out of Rocky Balboa movies. But it's um, it's kind of true, actually. And 100%. And I love what you're doing. And I love the vision that you have um, with, with your business partner and with your partnerships and in unifying um everything together so you guys are like really you have a good life like your more joy comes from 
the purpose in a future and and trying to excel and be excellent with our lives and grow than anything else. And when we have someone that's doing it alongside of us and believes in the same things we do, I think that that's hugely rewarding. Uh, so that's really cool. What do you look forward to? Um, what keeps you going every single day? Like if you're having a bad day, what is it that you're like, what, what do you say to yourself or what do you think of that keeps you going? Well, being honest, it's really difficult that I have a bad day. Of course, everyone has can has a bad day, but being honest, I'm really enthusiastic and optimist and happy, smiling all the time. So um, probably in a bad day, I'm always say, listen, people is dying. Some people they don't actually living it right now, like breathing. You are least and living. You are alive. So trying to like. Keep calm and that's it because everything is going to happen for a reason. Sometimes bad things, sometimes good things, but every everything has a reason in this in this world. So I think when it's like a bad day, I'm always say that I'm alive and I'm healthy. And that is all. That is all that you need. And then, well, figure it out. Would you say just by the nature of finding the business White Maze and now starting, you know, your new business um, that you're in a way like you came here and without and I don't know what your intent was totally education and maybe go back. But you've basically are now living the American dream. You're building a business. You're becoming an entrepreneur. You found uh, a partner and a spouse and a business partner and like other people, friendships, and people that believe in the same things you do and a group of chefs that believe in you, would you say that you now are starting the American dream just because I, I, I mean, it just came, the opportunity just opened a door for you, right? That you walk through and which is, I don't even know how to describe it. It's awesome. Well, I just live in the American dream since that I stay here, that I decide being here, like living here to stay here. So, yes, I do. I'm I'm living the dream. And do you I mean is that was that part of it like if I'm going to stay here, I'm going to take the opportunities that are given to me? Is that why when the restaurant was there, you were so open-minded to cuz most people would have still been like no, even if they saw it, they would have been too afraid. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, but but in this life, maybe maybe I'm just talking about myself, okay? Uh I like to take the risk so that is something important because if you're always gonna leave uh, trying to think in so you're never gonna do actually anything because uh, the fur is going to to tell you that don't do it but the other part of you is gonna say well probably what is gonna happen if I do this or what what it would be but if you don't take the risk you will never know so the best thing that you can do actually is take the risk, no matter what, and then let's see what's happening. What's going to be the next episode in your life? And like on that note, if you could give anyone any advice, I mean, that would probably be number one. Like just take the action. Don't be afraid. Like That's correct. And take the action. Don't be afraid. Um, please do whatever you're going to do. You have to be. You have to have a constancy or constantly because 
if you do like something for like a day, oh, maybe it's not work for me. Come on. I mean, it was only one day. You have to just uh, do it until then. You know that you're going to say, okay, this is not going to be for me. But if you can do it like times until that you say that, I'm positive that you're going to be successful in this life. I agree with you. It's it's like it's always like I ask people I mentor like when young entrepreneurs or musicians or athletes come to me and they're like and the doesn't matter what it is or why they're coming the first question I ask them usually well one of them one of the first five is if you could only make enough money just to pay for a roof over your head get your kids through college but you couldn't make any more money you could just live a comfortable life what would it you choose to do would you choose to do what you're doing now because a lot of people wouldn't to your point they wouldn't choose that but you got to have consistency and understand discipline in your life to understand whether or not you would even like that thing because if you can't do something consistently you're never going to know if you like it in the first place and you don't have consistency it's hard to have success exactly. particularly as an entrepreneur but you know how is people people want to see results without the effort you know it's, it's, it's difficult you have to have a dumb to to try to see where you're gonna do next yeah, I agree with you. Um, so where did this come from? Is is it something, is it always been the way you are, the the discipline, the consistency? Is it something your parents like instilled in you as a child um, or taught you as a child? Like where did this disciplinary, I mean, it came from me, from my parents, for sure. They like instilled it in me. So where did it come from for you, the hard work, the work ethic? So th- that part is thanks to my mom because she was the, the one that he always, work at the house I mean in the house also my father but my mom was more constantly you know um she always worked she always studied she always do like extra money like going to markets and selling like cheese or like clothes or like I don't know if there is something here calling Tupperware yeah yeah absolutely yes people sell Tupperware sell everything extra money so that's why I'm always so that part of entrepreneur is totally for her. That's very cool, actually. Um, and go ahead. also, discipline, it would be the same for my mom because she never give up, you know, because she has two kids. She has to, um, pr- like, feed them. Uh, they ha- She has to be better for them. She has to be a better example for them. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no, but she cooked, she worked, she studied. I mean, what else I can ask her, you know? She's a really good example for me. Yeah, awesome. I love that. So is there anything you want to tell the audience? Um, you can also share where they can find you on social media. But I want to give you, if you could just share anything, if you could, if I could say, you know, Katiana, here's the microphone. Make an impact on the world right now for the entrepreneurs out there to make a positive difference. Like, what would you say? It's a lot of pressure. I'm sorry. Okay, no problem. (laughs) The thing that I really like to say to people is you have to be honest with yourself. Because sometimes people, they want to be a millionaire, but they don't want to do anything for being a millionaire. So people, come on. You've got to work 
for be a millionaire. Try to think in strategies or what are you gonna do for be a millionaire. So put your head on like working and then that's it. Everything is gonna work because we are energy, you know. Whatever you're gonna think, whatever is gonna happen to you. And I agree with you. Your words are your rudder and your mind is your ship. And wherever your mind is going is what direction you're going in and where your ship's going to sail. And your words often are the rudder of that ship and how you think. Um, And if I don't want to do it today, it means I'm not going to do it tomorrow. And I'm ultimately setting myself up to fail. And then I'm like, the world failed me. No, but I really failed myself by never by failing a little bit every day. And that's generally what happens is we don't pick up those habits every day. We don't gain that skill set every day. We don't find discipline every day holistically in our life, which as an entrepreneur, in a lot of ways we have to. And as entrepreneurs in a lot of modern society, thank goodness, we're figuring out ways to balance our lives even better where it's where we talked about healthier food, healthier relationships with our clients, our customers, healthier relationships and, and with our employees, safer environments to work in. All of those things are really cool and are, are what's going on in the world because of this type of mindset, which is the consistency to do the right thing. The, hey, it's not a shortcut. I don't need to do the wrong thing for the quick dollar. No, it's about doing the right thing over a long period of time and gaining value in my business and building a brand in the business that we have. And I think that that's what you've done. You've built value in a business and thus that value is translating into a second business. And hopefully many more. Many more. Yeah, on the on the way to conquering the world, for sure. And <laughs> so, I love this, um, Katiana, and I really cannot tell you how appreciative I am that you came on the podcast and shared your story. Thank you, Justin. You're very welcome. I'd love to actually maybe even get you and your business partners onto another podcast together where we can talk about the new restaurant as you guys open that up. So I will reach out to you guys about that. I think that would be fun. I would like to continue to tell your story because I think this episode was just a warm up and we'll get more comfortable. And gosh, this was so fun for me. And I learned a lot from you and you put a lot of things in perspective for me. And I always really appreciate that as well. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very welcome. And again, guys, that's White Maze out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, if you want to uh, listen to the podcast or share it, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. Obviously, you're listening to it now, so you found it somehow. And and thank you guys for for listening in. Uh, please share it. Please give a five star review. If you like Katiana and you like. Uh, white maze share the episode again give it a positive comment that way it gains traction that's the way the algorithms work share it five star it write a comment so thank you again for everyone listening in and we're out thank you very much Justin. thank you